Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you're there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. So we decided last minute just to go back to campus and, and just walk on campus and show our kids kind of where mom and daddy met and the stuff mom and daddy used to do. And I showed, we showed, we parked in the parking deck where mama used to work and pick up trash in the parking deck. I'm like, mama used to pick up trash? Like, yeah, you, we did what we had to do when we was in college. Amen. And so it was good to show our kids kind of where we came from. And, uh, but I couldn't help but just think about, as God had begun to give me this message, about when I walked on that campus in the fall of whew, 1995, how unexposed I was. Because, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a PK, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a preacher's kid, you know, so... Certain things we didn't see. Certain things we didn't listen to. Certain things we were not exposed to. And all of a sudden, I'm dropped in the middle of, woo! I mean, I had never smelled like weed before. I mean, I was like, I was, I was like man, something smells like some burning tires around here. What is that? It's like, man, you don't know. It's like, man, that's weed. I said, oh, that's what it is. Somebody say unexposed. I was just as green as a leaf. Just walking around, had, you know, I mean, had, had, I, hadn't, I hadn't been, I, I, I was never around people that, that got drunk. Because I never saw that. Somebody say unexposed. And I was like, man, why would you, first of all, I'm, I'm nev- I'd never be a person that drinks because I don't trust people around me like that. I need my wits about myself. I need to know what's going on. And anything that's going to make me not focus. I don't trust people like that. I mean, I love you. I don't trust you like that. I was like, man, you know, and I, I had a, you know, um, college roommate. We went to high school together. And he came in one night, oh, Tony, man, I can't feel my legs. I was like, man, what is wrong with you? He said, man, tell my girlfriend I love her. And he's, you know, he's one of those crying drunks, you know. One of them crying drunks. And it, it just it just boggled my mind because it's stuff I had not seen before. And so, and God just, and it just took me back down memory lane about just the things that I had not been exposed to. And one would say, like, you know, you know, some people ascribe in parenting, like, you know, you need to expose your children to stuff so when they get out there, you know, you need to let them have a sip or something so they know what it tastes like. So they want, I don't ascribe to that. I don't ascribe to that. Because I believe... That while I believe, I'm glad that it's your testimony that you used to put needles in your veins. I'm glad it's your testimony that you used to drink and you used to turn the party out. And you used to be the first one to get there and the last one to leave. And that's your testimony and God uses you that. But I'm also, there is also the same value that God kept somebody from taking that path. Amen. That he kept them unexposed to it. 
See, so many times we can put high value on people that had the deep, the dark, the dirty, and the dusty past. But it's, God is just as much God of the person that preserved and kept you as the God that restored you. Amen? Amen? So there are no big eyes and no good loot. We are all common at the cross, whether God, whether God had to reach down and get us or he, or he just had to reach his finger and get us. The important thing that we're in the house of God together. And so while I thank God for your exposure, I thank God that he kept me unexposed. Because the same God that's a restorer is also a keeper. Amen? Amen. Can you put your hands together for God just keeping you unexposed? Amen? Amen. So we want to talk just about four things. And God gave me four things that he wants God's people before we leave this place today just to be able to appreciate. And unexposed, being unexposed. The first thing is gratitude. Somebody say gratitude. Here, well, here is why we have gratitude. We have gratitude because God kept us unexposed from the dangers of the world. Somebody say unexposed. Can anybody attest that God kept you unexposed to the dangers that were around you? That you can look back, and we all know that hindsight is 2020, but when you look and say, oh God, you kept me from this? I didn't realize that that person was sent to my life to get me off a path, and God, that would have led to a path of destruction. Can anybody thank the, thank the Lord that he kept you unexposed? It's a good thing that God kept us unexposed. Psalm 27 says this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Here's the part where he preserved us, y'all. When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat of my flesh. Is that anybody's testimony in this place? The word of God said they stumbled and they fell. I mean, they had a clear line of sight on me. They could have had me right the devil. Anybody in this place, the devil had you right where he wanted you. You stepped out from the under the safety of the Lord, and the devil was coming. And just when the devil got there, he stumbled, and he fell. It wasn't so that we were so good. Sometimes we walked out from under the safety of the Lord. And he kept us on. Exposed. And then it goes on and says this Though a host should encamp around me, against me, my heart will not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing, y'all, here's the thing, y'all. This is the antidote when the enemy comes around. Listen to this. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell. In the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord. What is the beauty? His love, his mercy, his kindness. You haven't seen the beauty of the Lord until you've seen his love and his mercy in action. And to inquire in his temple. That's what we talk about. Inquire means to pray, to make petition before the Lord. That's why I see the real beauty of God. When I am, when I am, when I am fellowshipping and I am, we, we are having a, a, a two-way conversation, me and God and God and me. I'm speaking to him and I'm getting quiet and letting him speak to my heart and give me the secrets of my next move and my next step. Tell somebody, you must inquire of him. You must inquire of the Lord. Not just in times of trouble. 
in times and good times. That's when you need to be praying the most. And not all the ways, not all the time just telling thank you. God, I'm just coming to you because I know that you'll just give you. I'm on a mountaintop experience, but the only thing that makes the mountain differentiate and stand out is because there's a valley below it. And the fact that I may be on the mountaintop now, but God, you take me from glory to glory and level to level, meaning that there is a downtime coming. There, it, it, just as soon as, it, as things are flourishing in the spring, winter time is coming. There's going to come a dry period in my life. So God, I must inquire of you to get the next step, to get the next direction. That while I am celebrating the enemy is plotting, I know this, I know that I'm in battle. I know that I'm in warfare. So God, I'm going to take this opportunity to inquire of you in your temple. Knowing that you will direct my path. That you will give me every next move to make. And then it says in fire here. For in the time of trouble. (laughs) Somebody's thinking back. Some of y'all, I'm reading your testimony. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. Pavilion is an old biblical term. It's, it's like a covered porch. It's, it's like, it's like a, a, a portico. It's a thing where you are hidden from the elements. They will build it so that men can come out and sell their goods and sell their wares without being under the, de- under the desert sun. Somebody say, I want to be under his pavilion. He said, he said, uh, he said, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of his tabernacle, shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Can I testify to somebody? Can I, can I just, can I tell your testimony? We ain't got time to pass the mic around. All alone in the times that you have not known about, God has been hiding you. Husband, God kept you unexposed. 
He doesn't get in a rush like us. He doesn't say, oh, Lord, I'm getting old. Lord, how long is it going to be before you use me? I've been waiting on this. It seems like my time is. No, God said, I, I, I am not relegated by something I created. And can I submit to you that your best days, your most fruitful days, your most impactful days are just ahead of you. And God says, I, I have not shown off my best work in you yet. Somebody say unexposed. God has not exposed the greatness, the true treasure that lies within you. I got scripture. Y'all, just like this, just like this. Look, look I want to give you an example. Now, I know we're in a digital age, but everybody remembers if you, if you are over 30, Four, thirty-five. Y'all remember when we used to have when we used to have cameras that had film in it? See, when they take a picture, it would go into this roll, and every picture is called an exposure. And it's not until you you give it to the shop and those people go into a dark room. They go into a dark place where there is no natural light, and they soak it. They soak it in water, and they put all kinds of chemicals to it, and the picture comes to life in the dark. You know what they call when that picture gets done? They call that the picture gets what, y'all? Developed. Y'all remember we talked about development last week. And, 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 and God said, you know, and, and just because the world has not seen the picture does not negate the fact. It does not negate the fact that the picture exists. Just because it hasn't gone through the, through the full development does not negate the fact that the picture exists. Can I tell you something? Just because people are, are treating you light and they treating you like a chump and they treating you like a joke when they think that you're never going to be nothing, you're never going to do nothing, you're going to be just like your sovereign mama, you're going to be just like your sovereign dad. Tell them just to keep watching this spot. I'm in the dark room. He's going to unexpose. He is going to expose the world to your true greatness. People don't see it. They take you like you lightweight. It's all well good. I love being underestimated. People look at me like, man, this little dude can't do nothing. I love it. I love it. I love it because by the time they hear them, they're like, oh my God, it's too late then. But God says that he is about to reveal his true children to the people in the earth. So keep doing what you're doing. Keep praying like you're praying. Don't worry about the accolades of men. Even though it seems like people are whizzing by you. People are circling laps around you. Keep doing what God told you to do. You're in the dark room, baby. You're getting developed. God is, God is picking out the right colors for you. He's picking out the right exposure for you. And when he shows you to the world, it will be something that no man can deny. No man gonna deny. First John 3 and 2 says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not appear what we shall be. See, that's un, that's 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 see, we, we haven't been fully developed. But guess what, y'all? 
But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Don't worry about the fact that people don't recognize. I'm telling y'all, let me tell y'all this. To be recognized by men is overrated. Because if you live for the applause of people, you are going to be an unhappy person. Because as soon as you make these people happy, you got a whole crew over here that can't stand what you're doing. And so we have to be focused on pleasing God the Father. And it does not appear. Remember that picture? That exposure? It doesn't appear what we're going to be in the end. But when he comes, we're going to find ourselves being just like him. And the world shall see that you have been with God. You know the difference between the disciples and everybody else? They could tell that they had been with Jesus because of the authority that they spoke in, that they moved in. They weren't shaken by enemies. They said these men are different. They, they, they don't speak as learned men. They don't say all the right things. They don't speak as if they've been to the most elite colleges. But there is something inside of them that emanates outside of them and that's what the world is going to see. They are not going to see you. They're going to see the Jesus that resides inside of you. So let people talk about you. Let people, show, let people sell you short like a piece of change. God is going to show them that his hand and his fingerprint is on your life. Romans 8 and 19 says this. In the NLV it says, everything that has been made in the world is waiting for the day when God will make his sons known. King James says the earth groans and waits for the manifestations, for the exposure of the sons of God. God is going to reveal who you really are among your family members, among your co-workers, among those that work with you, among your community. God, the, see, that's the reason the world is acting so crazy. They're having conniptions because they're waiting for the sons of God to, for the sons of God to step up to the plate. God is waiting. In it, the, the New Living Translation says this, for all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. See, everybody crying Jesus, everybody crying holy, holy, doesn't mean it. You watch what I tell you after this election. People that are against God, some of them about to get in office. And they're going to press more and more agenda. That's going to try to force us to take down the name of Jesus. But a day is coming where God is going to show the world who his children really are. Tell somebody, I'm going to be one of the children. He's going to reveal. Just like if I put a sheet over this speaker right here, the fact that it's covered means it's, it's just unexposed. But 
the minute I lifted up, it didn't, it didn't magically appear. It just got revealed. And that's the reason you can't be praying, Lord, get me off this hellish job. Lord, get me out of this place. No, God has strategically placed you in some of these places so that people can see who his children really are. So don't be so quick. Say, God, would you please deliver me? No, God said, I want you to be a point, a reference of my kingdom so that I can bring deliverance. I can't, I can't bring deliverance unless I've got a, unless I got a contact on the inside. So that's the reason God is elevating you and putting you in some places and things aren't seeming right and things are getting crazy because the devil is being disturbed by the God, by the light in you. If one thing I know, and I don't know this personally, I, I used to, I just used to, use, I used to work in the apartment field, and I've been in people's houses. One thing that will make roaches scatter is when you turn the light on. And God needs you to be light in dark places to push back the darkness. Tell somebody, get ready to push it back. Push back the don't run from the darkness. You got the light. Why would you run from darkness when you got light inside of you? And you can push it back. The next thing God wants us to have, and this may sound crazy, and living this unexposed life. He wants us to have a spirit of contrition and disappointment. You know why? He wants us to be disappointed because we have kept ourselves unexposed to the fullness of his presence. God said, I've made my whole self available to you. Me in my fullness, but you have not taken advantage of the fullness of my presence. Romans 8 and 18 says this. I consider that the present sufferings, our present sufferings are not comparable to the glory that shall be revealed in us. God said there is glory that is residing deep inside of you. When everybody listen to me close, and I know this is not the most conventional message, but God is speaking prophetically, and he's telling me, he's asking me to tell you all that there is glory that is residing deep inside of you. And the only thing that's going to make it come to the surface is agitation. You know, we talked about last week that pearl. The only way that beautiful pearl is created is when a, a piece of sand gets inside that oyster and it irritates it to the point that a beautiful pearl, beautiful things come out of irritation. Let me tell you something. If you put your dirty clothes inside of your washing machine and the agitator stops, all you're going to have your clothes is, is going around in dirty water. I don't care what, how much soap you put in there. I don't care how much bleach you put in there. I don't care about how much fresh water you get in. It is the agitation that creates the process by which the clothes get clean. And if we understand that about washing our clothes, if we understand that about how our clothes get clean, we have to know that some things are not going to come to the surface 
in our life and let some things rub us every now and then. And let some things irritate us every now and then. Let some things sometimes hit us in the gut. Somebody say irritation. Irritation, irritation and provoking allows the glory to get stirred up in our lives. So many times we are running away from the discomfort and the agitation and the irritation. But God said, if you can endure it, the sufferings of this present age, you're going to look back and you're going to laugh at the ridicule. You're going to look back and you're going to laugh at the lies. You're going to look back and you're going to la- you're going to laugh at the t- at the closed doors that people turn their backs on you because it won't even it, you're going to look at what God has re- God has revealed in you and you're going to look at what you suffer through and it's not even going to be comparable. It's going to be like day and night when you looked at what you went through to go where God is taking you. Tell somebody there was no comparison. But the thing about it is, when we're going through, when we're going through something, it seems so big, it seems so large, it's so in front of our face that that's all we can think about. That's all we can think about. All we, all we can focus our energy on is I can't wait till this over. But God said, if you can endure the hardness as a good soldier, if you can pray through it, if you can believe through it, if you can speak God's word through it, God said, I'm working a full weight of glory in your life and what your the finished product that God is going to reveal in you is going to be worth everything that you've been through I see my wife give birth to three children with no anesthesia and I saw the pain she went through I saw the pressure she went through I saw the thing I could see I could see the the, the contractions coming on a meter but she could feel it in her body can you can you see that's the reason people can tell you girl won't you just give up see just like I was watching my wife I could only see what she was going through but she was the one who was feeling it so everybody's got an opinion about what you should do because they're looking at the ways of your life but only you are feeling it only you are walking this thing out but I saw those babies come out in everything she had been through all the pain y'all mothers know what I'm talking about all the sleepless nights the last three weeks she didn't halfway sleep because the baby, babies were running out of room couldn't let her sleep couldn't, she couldn't get comfortable I got her, I got her the long pillow she, she couldn't get comfortable everything she went through it all got erased when she held the end result of all that pressure, all that pain, all that bleeding, all that tearing, all those contractions, all that labor she went through, hours and hours and hours, it went away and vanished because she held what she struggled for. And God is saying everything that you've been through, how many of you going through something right now? How many of you have been through some things? God said it's going to be worth it all when you hold your promise. When you see God do what he said he was going to do, that's why we cannot give up, y'all. What if my wife would have gave up in the middle and said, baby, I can't make it. I can't make it. I said, baby, if you come too far. You can't, you can't get unpregnant. You got to buck up and you got to go through it. You got to endure hardness and good soldier because God, it does not yet appear what we shall be. But when he comes, we're going to be just like him. 
And God is saying, I want you to be disappointed. You know why? Because the stuff that you're going through, it could have been easier if you would have experienced more of the fullness of me. So many times we just, we, we just relegated ourselves to knowing God as a need meter to pay bills and to, and to fill our cupboard up, in which God does that. God said, there are so many more dimensions of me. There are, there, are, there are levels of me. I don't care if you've been saved for 50 years. God said, there is still more. Tell somebody beside you, tell them there's more. There's more. God said, I don't care. God said, never get used to me. God, I thank you. Never get used to me. I got scripture. Back it up, y'all. Ephesians 3 and 14 says this. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Somebody touch yourself and say in the inner man. Then Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye may be rooted and grounded in love may be, that may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height and to know the love of Christ with passive knowledge that ye may be filled with the fullness of God. Can somebody reach up to the Lord and say, God, fill me with your fullness. You know what that means? I don't care how many more experience, I don't care how many, how many wide and deep experiences we've had with God, there is still more. If you are alive, that is an opportunity to see another dimension of God. God said, don't keep me in the box of just being a healer. Don't keep me in the box of just being a need meter. Don't keep me, don't, don't keep me in, um, in, in the box of just being delivered. God said, I am so much more. But God said, I will fill those that seek me on the level. I will meet you at the level that you seek me. If you want to know a new dimension, I'm telling you this. I, how many can attest to this? Whenever I've asked God to show me him, he has never failed me. Now, sometimes we're scared to do it. Sometimes we get disinterested in it because there are things that are more fun and are more sexy and more titillating to the flesh. But God is saying, if you ask me for more of me, I will fill empty vessels that want me. So God said we should be disappointed because we should know more of him by now. God said, there, there, you should know me in a deeper way. But at some point, we say, God, that's enough. Until the next time I need you. We've made our imaginary list. God, as long as when I call you, you heal me. As long as when I need you, when, when, I'm, when I'm in trouble, you deliver me. As long as when, when I need some, uh, some money, you provide for me. I'm okay. I'm not. No, God said this is an area where you can be greedy. To know all the fullness of God. And so this is not an exciting subtopic. But God said, I want you to have a spirit of disappointment because, yes, God, I hear you. God's saying there are some things that I have wanted to perform for you a long time ago. 
but it required that you know me in a deeper fullness. You see why I say we've been coming out here on Encounter Him nights and we've just been asking him for him? See, some things he cannot perform until you know him at a deeper level. And God said, there were some things that I wanted to do and perform with you. Let me tell you this, y'all. We are not in a place and position where we are trying to get God to do something. Everything that God is going to do, he's already done. If that's the case, the word of God said, behold the lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world. So before the, before the world was formed, God provided an answer to every one of our life's problems. Tell somebody it's already done. What we have to do, we have to align our faith. We have to align our spirit with what God has already done in the spirit. And when we align ourselves with our speaking, our talking, and our believing, we align God, we align with God and he can get to us what we've been asking for. But God said it requires that you know me at a deeper level. Exodus 33 says this. This is when Moses had been appealing to God. He'd been appealing to God, asking about some things, and Jesus said that you found favor with me. 15 says this. Then Moses said, if you do not personally go with us, God, do not make us leave this place. See, Moses knew that he could do nothing without God. How will anyone know that you look favorably on me? And on me and on your people, if you do not go with us. For your presence among us sets us, sets your people and me apart from all the other people of the earth. Can I stop right there? Moses said a mouthful right there. God, your presence being with us sets us apart from any other people that walk upon the face of the earth. Can I tell you something, people of God? God's presence, not, not dwelling around you. See, God is with everybody. He's got the whole world in his hands. Y'all know how the song goes. But there was a special thing when God dwells inside of you. And God is saying, when I dwell inside of you, I set you apart from anybody else who is walking upon the face of the earth. In the classroom, in the marketplace, in the workplace, how many of you would mind being set apart? Say, God, somebody's yelling the atmosphere, God set me apart. We want to be set apart, God. He said, then the Lord replied to Moses, he said, I will indeed do what you have asked of me. For I do look favorably upon you, and I know you by name. Oh, my goodness. Can I encourage you that God knows you by name? You are not some serial number. You're not like somebody down at DSS that you're just, you're, you're just he knows your situation by name. He knows the, 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 the specific details of your life. He knows the DNA. He has your hairs numbered. He has been keeping your tears in a jar. He has tracked everything that you have been through. Tell somebody, he knows me by name. 
and he looks favorably upon me. And so, because he, because he knows me on such an intimate level, I will not be satisfied until I know him in his fullness. We are, we are shortchanging ourselves, y'all. And then, look, after all that, y'all, after all of that, after all that, you would think that that'd be enough for most of us, right? But Moses, who saw him put a staff down and it turned to a snake, and he pick it up. Moses, who struck a rock and water came out of it. The same Moses that stretched out that staff and water rose up on all sides. The same, the same Moses that went, that went, when the people of God were sick and they looked into the snake head, and the, to that snake head that, that, uh, that they got healed. That, you know, that, the, the same Moses that saw people's shoes never wear out. The same, the same Moses that saw God uh, feed his children with manna every morning. You would think that would be enough. But Moses said, no, God, I I thank you, Lord, for calling me friend. I thank you, Lord, for telling me that, that you know me by name. All of that stuff is good. I thank you, saying that you look favorable on me. But I've got one more request. A.T. Moses responded, well, if that is the case, God, show me your glory. Out of all Moses, we will be happy if we lived our lifetime and saw one of the things that Moses did. But after all that Moses saw, he was not satisfied. He said, God, out of all I've seen, out of all you've allowed me to do, out of the fact that you kept me when I was a baby, you hid me. Yo, that's, that, that's God keeping you unexposed again. He hid me from when they were trying to kill all the male babies because the king thought, knew that there was a deliverer on the way. You kept me. You kept me in Pharaoh's house. You kept me when I you kept me, you kept me you let me go before Pharaoh and he did not kill me, he kept me out of all that I've seen God there is still one more thing I have not seen your glory how many of you in this place can raise your hand and say you've seen God do some miraculous things but God said I want you I want you to be disappointed that you have not seen it, but I want you to develop an unsatisfaction that, God, I haven't seen the best of you yet. God, I have not seen the best of you yet. You have not done your best work in my life. You have not done your best work in my children. You, not, you, you haven't done your best work yet. And I hope I'm stirring your spirit up. And I, I know y'all looking at me like, Lord, what is it? I'm telling y'all, if we if we have the same spirit of being unsatisfied like Moses was there out of all I've seen I'm thankful but God I have not seen you in your fullness yet mm. there is fullness that God wants to reveal to his people but it's got to come out of your mouth you have not because you ask not. Everybody standing. There's one last thing I want to read for you. That while, yes, we've had a spirit of gratitude for being unexposed, 
Well, yes, we've had excitement because God is about to reveal you. He's, ab he's about to unveil you to some people. Can I say here? Can I st stop you and prophesy? God is about to unveil you to some people. Some people didn't realize that solution has been right under their nose all the time. God is about to reveal the jewel that you are, the treasure that you are. The word of God said we hold this treasure in earthen vessel. You are the household of treasure. And God's about to, God said you are about to be hidden no, not much longer. He's about to reveal you to his people. And so he, there, there was need for be excitement, to have an eager expectation. But God said, I want you to be disappointed because you could have been further down the road. But the last thing God said, I want you to have a spirit of determination. Isaiah, the 64th chapter. Hallelujah. Can somebody begin to worship the Lord in this place? Come on, lift your hands and begin to open your mouths and just thank him. That's it, that's it. Come on, open your mouth. Come on, come on. Thank him for his presence that's about to start saturating your life. I pray, I pray that we open up our exposure to the fullness of him. Come on, come on, start worshiping. Don't stop talking because I'm talking. I pray that God starts revealing himself in new realms. It doesn't matter if some of us on level 10, some of us on level 100, some of us on level 3. It doesn't matter where you at. God said, there are deeper depths to me. And you have to be like Moses, that God, out of all that I've seen, I still desire more of you. I desire more of your presence. Isaiah 64 says this as you continue to worship. I just want you to hear the words. Isaiah cried this to the Lord. Oh, that thou would burst from the heavens and come down and if you came down Lord oh how the mountains would quake in your presence as the fires cause wood to burn and the water to boil your coming would make nations tremble somebody say come Lord and when you come then your enemies will learn the reason for your fame Yes, God. When you came down long ago, you did awesome deeds beyond our highest expectations. And oh, how the mountains quake. Can somebody testify that when the Lord came before that he made the earth quake? He made things shift. He made things change. For since the world began, no ear has heard and no eye has seen a God like you who works for those that wait on him. Can we begin to worship the Lord? Come on, come on, lift those hands and begin to worship him and thank him that he's coming. Thank him that we will be unexposed no, no further. Come on, come on. Come on, thank the Lord that he's going to show you himself in his fullness. God in his fullness. We don't need 10% of him. We need God in his fullness. Somebody do like Moses. Say, God, show me your glory. Come on, shout it in the atmosphere. God, show me your glory. God, we need you like we never needed you before. Come on, begin to cry out to the Lord. God, we 
Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash atthefellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.